Many people are comparing this insane 2020 college football season to the one of 2007. It was one of those years where anything could have happened. We saw so many upsets. I think it's the last time Kansas has been any good at football. All kinds of insane things happened in college football during the 2007 season, and we're starting to see a crazy start to the 2020 NCAA football season. Welcome into Cuts to the Chase. I'm your host, Chase Williams, and for the first time in a while, we don't have a basketball episode. Of course, major love for me and basketball, but uh, basketball season's over. We're going to take a break until at least the draft, and it's a great time to talk about this insane season we've had. I mean, just a few months ago in the middle of July, we weren't even sure that there was going to be a college football season. At that time, the MAC had canceled their season, the Big Ten did, and then the Pac-12 very quickly followed suit. And people were questioning it, but the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 said, you know what, let's going to have a season. And now, at the beginning of October, we have every single Division One FBS team, or is it still FBS with the fact that we're in the college football playoff now, but all the major non-FCS schools, so I guess it would still be FBS, um, all have a schedule planned to play this season, including the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the MAC, who had all canceled their seasons prior. And they have not started their seasons. Um, October, I want to say October 24th is the start of the Big Ten season, and then I want to say a week or two later is the Pac-12, and then a week after that is the MAC. But without two Power 5 conferences playing, we've already had an insane season. So I want to kind of wrap, go over what's happened this year. And also, I mean, of course, is it really an episode without predictions? Because what's better than looking back on your predictions six months later and going, God damn, I was wrong on those. And so uh, starting off, I want to talk about the defending champions, the Louisiana State University Tigers, better known as the LSU Tigers. No Joe Burrow this year for them, and they are struggling. They are 1-2 right now with losses against Mississippi State to open up the season. They bounced back against Vanderbilt with a 41-7 win, and then they went to Missouri, and they lost that one too. And I think a big reason behind this is their defense. They gave up over 600 yards to K.J. Costello, excuse me, which for the first – it was his first SEC start – Brand new coach, brand new system down there in Mississippi State. As they brought Mike Leach, they're running the air air raid system. I mean, KJ Costello really played well. He put up 623 yards to beat the to beat the defending champions. But since then, he threw two picks just this past weekend against Kentucky and got benched in the first half. And then Speaking of this past week against Missouri, they gave up 431 yard, 430 yards excuse me, to a quarterback making their first start. They're sitting at 1-2. and two. Obviously, they dominated, um, dominated Vanderbilt 41-7, but Vanderbilt's one of the worst SEC programs for football and really one of the worst Power 5 programs, in my opinion. One and two is not a great start, and I was listening to it and so, listening to some people talk about this, and they blamed it on them not having Joe Brady. Joe Brady was a co-offensive coordinator, wide receivers coach, and really in charge of the passing game last year that they played so well with Joe Burrow. But here's the thing. I will pull up the scores very quickly. 
But again, they had a 41 to 7 win against Vanderbilt, which happened after a 44-34 loss to Mississippi State and right before a 45-41 loss to Missouri. Offense is not the problem. Not at all the problem. It's the defense. What is up with the defense giving up over 1,500, 1,050 yards, excuse me, between two games, and that's not even looking at what Vanderbilt did against them, but I can guarantee you it's it's not it's not much. Um, it's really not much at all. The, Vanderbilt had uh, two, 113 yards passing, but then again, as I've stated, Vanderbilt's not much of a team. Um, so why are people saying that it's Joe Brady? I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that at all. It comes down to your defense. I mean, we talked about some of the great defensive players last year and Derek Stingley Jr., and he missed the first game, but he's came back and he's played. I mean, I don't know. His stats aren't impressive. Between two games, he has 11 tackles, and, like, that's whatever, but he's a cornerback, and, I mean, you can't expect the guy to go out and get three interceptions a game. I don't know what their problem is, but clearly their secondary is struggling. If you look at the rushing stats against Vanderbilt, because that's what I have pulled up first, they gave up 153 yards. That's that's not terrible, I guess. And then against their other games, they had in the Mississippi State game, while they gave up 600 over 600 yards, they only gave up 80 rushing yards. And then, of course, this past weekend, they played Mizzou. And against Mizzou, I am struggling to find the rushing, of course. But against Mizzou, they had 180 rushing yards. So, really, it's not been the rushing game. It's been the secondary. It's not been the front seven. It's been the secondary that struggled, giving up 600-plus yards, 400-plus yards. And, I mean, the rushing game hasn't been, or the rushing defense with the front seven hasn't been great, but that's not where the question marks are for me. What's going on in that secondary that was so hyped last year? And why is it not so hyped this year? What's going on there? And I don't have a question. I don't have an answer, excuse me. I've just, it's clearly a question mark and it's it's gonna be a theme you'll see throughout today's episode. But I do now wanna move on to another team and that'd be the team they faced in the national championship. ETN, Trevor Lawrence, two great players Clemson has. Again, Clemson, that's that's the team they face. And I think everyone thinks right now out of the teams that have played the snap of college football that Clemson is by far the best player. And it makes sense. It really makes sense. Travis Etienne is a great running back. He's actually really underrated. I've thought that throughout his whole career. He's finally got some hype towards the end of last year. And especially this year, some people believe he's a Heisman hopeful. Some people believe he's being disrespected in the Heisman race already. And I think both of those are all both of those are actually true. Um, there was a lot of hope for him in the Heisman race going into the season, and we haven't seen it as much uh, as much respect now that the season's going on. Yet he has had a great season, in my opinion. He's played really, really well. And he's uh, he's just doing exactly what you want him to. I mean, we talk about his stats. He he's averaging seven yards a carry right now, three hundred ninety-two yards all season. Only has four touchdowns, but also in the receiving game, he's had seventeen receptions for two hundred forty-five yards. That's and a touchdown. That's not bad stats at all. That's really honestly good stats in my opinion for 
a star running back, especially when you're sitting next to Trevor Lawrence, which is the Heisman hopeful, which as a freshman led that team to the national championship, led them back to the national championship, even though they didn't win it last year. And he's really the Heisman hopeful. These two are such a dynamic duo, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, that really like I think Clemson's the favorite and there's no doubt about it they just played number seven Miami and Miami is one of those teams just like my good old Michigan Wolverines that oftentimes get a little bit overhyped because of their history and when they start to have a good season they fly up the rankings and then they play a good team like Clemson or Michigan's uh, Michigan for Michigan it's always Ohio State and just get destroyed and I wouldn't say Miami got destroyed but there was no doubt about it. It was not a great game for Miami. I mean, Clemson handled them 42-17. And I think Miami deserved the rankings uh, at 7, but I think they're probably better ranked at, um, I believe it's 13 right now. Yeah, it is indeed 13. And uh, they're a good team, that, but clearly it just shows Clemson is by far the better team. And I think they're clearly the favorite. Are they the favorite? We really won't know until we see at least Ohio State. So right now, I got to say yes. And the best part about this team this year is normally Clemson. People come in and are like, oh, they're overrated. You know, they play in the ACC. It's not that great of a conference. Well, with this year, with COVID going on, Notre Dame's a part of the ACC, and they'll play Notre Dame. They also, I believe, wrap up their season. I know they do, in fact, play Virginia Tech. I believe it's the last game of the season for them. And those are two more quality opponents to go along with Miami, who they've already played. And then you get into, they'll have the, the conference championship. They could play UNC, and I believe UNC's a very good team. I mean, they're ranked top five right now. Um, maybe a little bit overhyped. We're not really sure. Again, it's a weird season when two of your Power 5 conferences haven't even played snap of football yet. But this will be one of the most tested Clemson teams going into the college football playoff we've seen. And I don't think any of those teams, Miami obviously didn't do it, and Notre Dame I don't think will do it, Virginia Tech won't do it, and UNC if they play them, I don't think they'll do it either. Well, none of those teams will really even touch Clemson. Maybe Notre Dame will, but I think the other games you'll see be a multiple multiple touchdown win for the Tigers. And I think you're seeing one of the best probably the best team in college football, I think. Maybe that's because I don't like Ohio State at all. But I think this team is so good and deserves the hype they're getting. And I think I think we're gonna see them in the national championship. And I'll go over my predictions a little bit later, but there's they we're talking about them for a reason. They're really just a great team. But I want to move on to the SEC again. I mean, we already talked about LSU, but there's two two dogs in the SEC that I think a lot of people every year can't count out right now, and that's Alabama and that's Georgia. And the best part about this matchup is they play this week. They play in primetime, recording this early Tuesday morning as it's currently one eleven in the morning. And I was just so excited to record this episode. It won't go out right away, but I was really excited to do the research, couldn't sleep, and here we are recording it. And so, I mean, it'll be a primetime matchup this weekend, and I think a big argument is who who is better, Georgia or Alabama? Um, these are two of the best teams in the SEC. And 
I'll state off right away. I'm not a huge Alabama fan. I'm not an Alabama hater, but I just don't enjoy Alabama football that much. They play well. They play great, but it's just not my favorite thing. And also, they're starting running back Najee Harris. Najee Harris, I think, actually is how you pronounce his name. Originally committed to Michigan. Decommitted, ended up at Alabama. Had one of his best games ever this past weekend against Ole Miss, and that's just hard to watch. And so maybe, I don't want to say there's any bias. I really do think Georgia is the better team there, but I am a little bit tear-shedding, not really, but mentally that Harris is not on the Wolverines. Um, But I do think that Georgia's the better team. One of those reasons is I don't trust Mac Jones. You can ask me why, and I'll tell you this. It's just a gut feeling. He's actually played really well this year. Um, Compared to last year, he's made some great steps. And really, I think he won that that quarterback competition, and that's why you saw Tua's little brother leave, and now I believe he's at Maryland. I don't even – I think – I don't even know his full and first name. Um, So, therefore, he is Tua's little brother. But I think Mac Jones, unlike a lot of Alabama quarterbacks – Um, he isn't really a game manager. He's more of a big risk, big reward, big play type guy. And I think that's going to hurt them, especially because Georgia has the much stronger defense. Alabama's already given up big yards to Ole Miss and Texas A&M. And Georgia held Tennessee this past weekend to, I believe, like three rushing yards. And that's like the absolute maximum. Um, Held them to, I think, a field goal in the second half after they were trailing at halftime and just really took over that game. And the difference is Stedden Bennett, which is the starting quarterback somehow for Georgia after we had so many hyped up people that were supposedly going to start for Georgia, um, starting off with uh, Jamie Newman from the Wake Forest transfer to whoever transferred from USC that I can't remember his name. And then they started... Uh, I can't even remember. Again, there's been so many quarterbacks that it's hard to keep back of, uh, keep track of. Excuse me, but uh, Dewan Mathis is who started the season for them, uh, and JT Daniels was the guy from USC. But uh, there's just there's been so much, and somehow they've come out to this Bennett guy that I had never heard of until he started playing the middle of the first game. And the difference is he reminds me of A.J. McCarron and what I expect from Alabama quarterbacks in general, which is game managers. I mean, you saw Tua. I think Tua was a game manager. He was just a much stronger game manager than, like, A.J. McCarron has been, was. Or, I, I mean, I'm thinking Blake Sims. He was a very calm quarterback, did not make many mistakes, but that's because he did not throw it much. He did not have a great arm. Where... I think that's very similar to Bennett. He's very much, okay, I can hand it off to him. I can hand it off to him. I can make these simple passes when need to because they're expecting the run. And I I think he's he's done great, even though I, not very many people heard of him until just a few weeks ago when he subbed in during the middle of the first game. And I think we're going to see a close game this weekend. Um, I believe Georgia will win, obviously. I just said Georgia, I think, is the better team. But if we are going to see a blowout, it's going to go in Alabama's favor, no doubt about it. We'll see Mac Jones have a big game, and Mac Jones will prove me wrong and make me regret recording what I am right now. But I think because of how strong Georgia's defense is, Georgia's defense is one of the best in the country, and Alabama is, is not. They've given up, again, big yards to Texas A&M, big yards to Ole Miss. And a big reason they dominated Ole Miss was – 
because Ole Miss has literally statistically the worst defense in the NCAA right now. That's not the Power Five. That's not the SEC. That is the whole gosh darn country. I mean, they just have the worst defense. And, like, that that sounds like I'm just complaining about some bad food. But, no, it's statistically they have the worst defense. Um, and so if Alabama's offense didn't show out that game, they would have lost because they gave up 48 points to Old Miss team that I can't name a single player off of, unlike these other teams. So I think we'll see a great game this weekend, as I've said multiple times now. I think Georgia will take it. And I think Georgia's going to be the best team in the SEC this year. But the next team I'd put behind Georgia, and even before Alabama, not because I think really they are a better team than Alabama, but just because... I think they have higher reward. They kind of remind me of LSU last year, but with not as good of a defense or uh, really no defense. And that's that's Florida. I mean, Florida, I think, is great. They have what I've been calling the Kyle Combo. I'm not sure if that's a true nickname for them. If not, it is for me. Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts, their quarterback and tight end. I mean, we are multiple weeks into the season. We have a tight end in the Heisman race, according to most people, and Kyle Pitts. He's played great alongside Kyle Trask, who honestly came in last year after Felipe Franks. I forget if he broke his ankle, broke his leg, whatever, but it really was out all season and now transferred to Arkansas. And he's played great. They have a great offense, one of the best offenses in the country and uh, one of the obviously best dynamic duos in the country. But that defense is horrendous. They could not stop Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher went to 7-0 and against Florida, I believe, um, which, I mean, not really – Big deal, not a huge talking point, but just the interesting random fact that I keep on seeing everywhere. So I thought, why not throw into the podcast? Everyone else would. Um, and so, I mean, Florida is this great team, but why aren't they in the convo for one of the best teams in the nation? It's that defense. It's literally everyone's been roasting this defense since week one. And it was like, oh, pretty much their offense has to be perfect because their defense is so atrocious. The vibes I get, because again, I haven't watched much college football this year. I'm a busy person. College football is only on Saturdays, and I got a lot I can do on a Saturday. And so it's it's just, it's tough. But every single person goes in on Florida's defense more than I haven't really seen anyone go in on Alabama's defense, even though they gave up huge yards twice already this season. Teams haven't played more than four games, really. I believe Alabama's only played three. Um but this defense is just that bad. Everyone wants the defensive coordinators fired. I mean, it's to the point where there was a there was a fake Twitter page that posted that Florida fired their defensive coordinator, and Bleacher Report put out a notification stating that it was true because it was it's it's that expected. Um, but I think Florida is just a defense away, and it's. It sucks because I've kind of grown up actually hating Florida. Florida is probably my least favorite SEC team. But recently I've drawn, I, I really like their colors, and I've become a little bit of a Florida fan because of that, unless they go up against my good old Wolverines, and they happen to a lot and recently got the better of them. Um, but, I I mean, Florida just Florida's a defensive a defense away if they can get that defense going they may be the best team by far in the sec but that's why i have them above alabama just because i think they can be where i think alabama's pretty much guaranteed that two spot where i think georgia and florida are fighting for one and three 
which sounds really weird, but it's, it's just how I feel about it. And so I've talked about a few teams, and I'll have to do this again when we see the Pac-12 play, when we see the Big Ten play, because there are great teams. There's Oregon. There's, I believe, USC should have a good season over in the Pac-12. They'll probably be a third team that plays pretty well. Arizona State has some some hype behind them this year. And then the Big Ten, there's obviously Ohio State, which I think is a full-blown contender. They have just such a great roster. I hate hyping them up, but I truly think they're the one team that can play and probably could be better than the Clemson Tigers. There's also, I'm going to, Wisconsin should be good. Minnesota should be good again this season. Um, Penn State, I got to imagine, will be good. Michigan will be good. But there's a lot of teams that should be good. Uh, Illinois should even be better, I think, this year than they were last year. They made a bowl game last year. Um, uh, Who knows? But the the Big Ten has lots of good teams, too. And so it's so hard to make predictions. But I am going to start making some predictions to wrap up this episode. I'll start off with the Heisman. I think it will be... Trevor Lawrence by far. I think it'll be kind of a boring race, not because I don't see Trevor Lawrence as doing something super flashy. He won't be Tim Tebow. He won't be Cam Noon. He won't be RG3. He won't be Lamar Jackson, but he'll just have the best season. It's kind of like when Derrick Henry won the Heisman. Like It wasn't like, wow, Derrick Henry's some amazing, flashy running back. It's like, no, Derrick Henry just bullies the ball seven yards every time and no one can stop him. It's kind of like Trevor Lawrence just plays the perfect game and boom next thing you know Clemson's undefeated he had great stats and yeah it's it's just going to be that's how Trevor Lawrence is going to win it but Justin Fields is that guy that I think can take it from him over in Ohio State because Justin Fields is more flashy he could put up better yards it'll be interesting because I think they have one game less maybe two games less than the SEC so or ACC excuse me or well both I believe but ACC is who we're talking about in this case with Clemson and so if he can put up anywhere near similar numbers to Trevor Lawrence with two less games I think there's no doubt about it we should see Justin Fields get the Heisman but that's not what I expect I think Trevor Lawrence will pretty much dominate this Heisman race and I think it'll be a two-headed two-headed race with two other people being invited to the Heisman ceremony. If there's even one this year with this COVID world, I doubt there is, but my guess is they'll still do like the four or five finalists like they always do. And then it'll come out and everyone will be like, wow, Trevor Lawrence won the Heisman. What a shock. Not really. I've had this graphic set up since the middle of September. Um, But that's just, that's how it's going to be. And then also I think what's even more important than the Heisman race is Who's going to play in the college football playoff? I think this year might be one of the most fun years in the college football playoff, I believe, since uh, I forget if it's 2014 or 2015 that had a really good, like, seven or eight teams that I feel like could have been good playoff teams. But and I'm not saying I think we're going to see seven or eight good playoff teams, but seven or eight teams that towards the end of the season were still like, hmm, they could be in the college football playoff. I'm going to start off with two locks, though. Clemson and Ohio State, I've talked about both their quarterbacks. I think they're the two best players in this year's college football season. Um, arguably, I think they could be the two best player players to go into the draft next year, at least the two best quarterbacks. Um, Trey Lance would have something to say about that, but I don't know anything about that guy other than he plays at North Dakota State, won't really have a season. 
and um, lots of people like him a lot. Um, but I think Clemson and Ohio State are locked. I would be absolutely shocked if either of those teams don't make the playoff. Um, and then I have a third lock, but I can't really give you a team. I know, sounds a little bit weird, but it's the truth. Let me explain. One SEC team, at least, will make the college football playoff. I don't know. It could be Georgia. It could be Alabama. It could even be Florida, in my opinion. But I think one of those three teams, Texas A&M, I think, only has one loss. They could sweep in there, really, if they wanted to. But I'd be extremely shocked by that. But I think one of those three teams, mainly between Georgia and Alabama, are likely to make the playoff. Um, It seems like they're almost always a lock. And... It's just a question of who, I think, with the way the schedule's going, that there's not as easy to argue that we'll see both of them in it, but I think you'll see one of those teams in it. And then this fourth spot is really a major wild card, which is kind of why I wish the playoff was expanded, because there's a lot of these teams I'm going to list I'd be very, very interested in. First of all, I think the most obvious one, and this is just because of the fact that we've seen them play, is... The team leading the Big 12 by my dark horse, Heisman candidate, Chubba Hubbard, and the Oklahoma State Cowboys. They, while Oklahoma and Texas have both have multiple losses already and played one hell of a game this weekend, by the way. Multiple overtimes. Uh, I've gone back and watched a lot of that game and watched a lot of those highlights. It was a great game. But pretty much, I think, two losses since it normally eliminates you from the playoffs, especially well in this shortened season. Um, so I don't think either of those will. And I think Oklahoma State is by far the best team. I was one of the few to believe that before the season. Um, but I think they are obviously the best team in the Big 12 right now. I expect them to maybe go undefeated and be an obvious number three seed before that SEC team because I think the SEC team will come in as a lock. Another argument I could see for this fourth spot, though, is North Carolina. Um, For this to work, though, they have to go undefeated. They have to go undefeated through the regular season, excuse me. I believe they can go undefeated through the whole regular season, play Clemson, and the ACC championship and lose. As long as they don't get absolutely destroyed, I believe they have a good argument for why they should be in the college football playoff. Likely that would mean they'd go up again against Clemson in the first round because I'm assuming that'd be a 1-4 matchup. But I think there's argument there for North Carolina. They have a great team, a great quarterback, another guy I could see possibly winning the Heisman, but I'm, I really don't see anyone besides... Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields doing it, but those are other guys that if I was a betting man, maybe I'd try to bet on to see them uh, to, to make some money, but it, it doesn't matter. I'm not a betting man, and I don't think it would be a smart bet, really. Um, another argument I could see for a team, though, is another SEC team. I mean, I've talked about I think I think Alabama, I think Georgia both are top-tier teams. If you're going to rank them, they'd be in the S-tier maybe the A tier at worst, but I think they're both very good. And also, who knows Florida? Who knows Texas A&M? Like, I brought up all these teams earlier. There's so many great teams in the SEC, and it's such a respected conference. I could see two teams going in, but I would be a little bit surprised about that this year just because of, again, this year's been insane. There's so much going on. There's less games, so I truly believe that you will see one loss teams or and really only teams that won their conference go into the college football playoff. I think it's only fair to put this next 
group of teams. It's really a group of teams. Um, and as a potential wild card to the uh, college football playoff, and that's a that's a Pac-12 team. I would expect it to be Oregon, even though there's a big question mark with Justin Herbert not being their quarterback anymore, since obviously he's on the Los Angeles Chargers, who just lost in overtime to the New Orleans Saints in what was a pretty good game. And honestly, Herbert played very, very well, but it doesn't matter. He's not, uh, that doesn't matter for this episode at all. He's not the starting quarterback for the Oregon Ducks, but I think the Oregon Ducks are a possible team, the U- USC Trojans. Who knows? Again, I expect there to be another good Pac-12 team. Um, I think there's a chance that it could be. Um, The Pac-12 doesn't have much respect from the college football playoff, unlike the SEC. So I'd be a little bit surprised if they get a team in. Also, because I feel like there's no team in the Pac-12 that has the talent to take a team to the uh, college football playoff. And I think if they do, they'd get blown out pretty hard in the in the semifinal and with that being said i also think it's just as likely that another big 10 team makes it in as any pac-12 does um i think the big 10 is a much stronger conference but i think it's also very unlikely because they only have eight games that we see a big 10 team make it into the uh, two big 10 teams excuse me make it into the college football playoff it would have to be pretty much Ohio, they probably would have to beat Ohio State at least once and play Ohio State again and play strong against them in the game they lose, I guess. They, it, it would be a very tough argument. I just don't see it. Um, I think the way people view the Big Ten this year is that Ohio State is a contender and the rest of the teams are good teams, but nothing too special. Again, I don't think you'll even see another Big Ten team probably take a New Year's Six Bowl. I think you'll see a lot of good bowl games for the Big Ten, but nothing crazy. I don't think you'll see Wisconsin in New Year's Six. I don't think you'll see Minnesota, Michigan, any of them. And so because of that, I think it's not likely that you see a Big Ten team, but I would bet on a Big Ten team just as much as I bet on a Pac-12 team outside of Ohio State. I would almost guarantee Ohio State will be in it. And my final bullet point of who I could see is like kind of this fourth uh, fourth team in the college football playoff is it's actually a mid-major. I think this is the year a mid-major could squeeze in. And I think it's just as likely as a Pac-12 team or just as likely as a second Big Ten team, excuse me. Um, it really comes down to I think there's only two choices right now. It's BYU, which has a great quarterback, Zach Wilson. He's played great. Lots of hype behind him from NFL, ex-NFL quarterbacks, ex-NFL players, all kinds of analysts, and believe he could be a big deal, not just on this level, but the next level in the NFL. And then there's also Cincinnati, which I couldn't tell you anything about other than they're ranked right now 10th or 11th in the nation, and apparently are really, really respected. And so I put them down. I, I think... There's no doubt about it. If a mid-major is going to make it into the college football playoff, they have to be perfect. I think they have to be more than perfect. Um, I think it's hard to argue that they would beat out Oklahoma State, that they'd beat out UNC, that they'd even beat out a second SEC team um, if they have and just an get-by win season and end up undefeated if they win lots of games by one possession um, if they come down to the wire, no. But if they truly dominate their schedule, then I could see them fighting against those guys. 
Um, if not, I think they're going to need a lot of help, even if they are undefeated. And if they get one loss, I truly think their chances are over. Um, that's not always fair. That's another reason why I want the college football playoff expanded, because I feel like there's a lot of teams that could really play for a championship if you just gave off gave a few more positions. I think eight is the absolute max that they should go to right now. Uh, I think really eight's the absolute max they should ever go to, but that's just my opinion. I think uh, some people would love a 16 team. I think 32 is outrageous since we use a top 25 poll. Um, but I think going back to my original statement, if BYU really dominates their schedule, if Cincinnati really dominates their schedule, and teams continue to struggle like we've seen teams struggle all year in this insane season, then there's a chance. But I think most likely out of these teams, I, I'm going to say Oklahoma State just because it makes sense. If not, it's probably going to be another SEC team because why the hell not? Pretty much I think that's the slogan for the college football playoff. Oh, we don't know who else to put in. Let's put an SEC team in because why the hell not? And again, it really doesn't matter because I think when it comes down to it in January or whenever the college football playoff championship will be which i mean it should be in january but who knows this season's been insane i mean a year ago we would have expected a very normal season of 12 games and michigan would have played washington to open up their season and we would have seen um ohio state and oregon we would have seen north dakota state and oregon to open up their seasons we will have seen a lot more games a lot of different schedules so i'm not going to predict anything even a set in stone date for the national championship but I would say it's pretty set in stone, even though I think I'm going to regret saying this now, that we see Clemson, that we see Ohio State, because those are the two best teams in the nation. And I'm hyped to see that game based off the Fiesta Bowl last year where they played each other. Um, And a lot of Ohio State fans and players feel like they got disrespected on a call that screwed them over from the game and a chance at a national championship. So, I mean, that's that's college football. It's insane. Everything I say, I'm probably going to regret in a few months because it won't be right. And that's okay. That's the beautiful thing about sports. I, I'm currently thinking about doing a podcast for my class assignment about why sports are so great. And that is the thing. Sports are great because they're impossible to predict. But they're so much fun to try to predict. And doing something like this podcast is just so much fun, even though I average like 18 viewers per episode right now. And that, that's okay. That's about 10 more than I did five weeks ago. So I'm not complaining at all about that. But it, it's just, it's an insane season. We've seen so much fun. Um, I was not old enough to enjoy the 2007 season, not because I didn't watch it, even though I doubt six-year-old Chase was watching the NCAA college football season in 2007. Um, but I'm really enjoying it so far, even though I haven't been able to watch much of it. It's just so much fun to, especially because I feel like you see the most diehard fans in college football, and it's been so much fun just to see everyone's reaction, everyone's opinions. And especially because not often do you see a defending national champion fall out of the college football AP poll, and LSU already has a few weeks into the season. And so it's just, it's been insane. It's been great, but that is what sports are. So I want to say thank you guys as always for listening. Um, This has been Cut to the Chase, and we out.